0: You're listening to an episode on the Nerdcore podcast feed. If you're feeling generous, please consider pledging to a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com/slash the Nerdcore. We have tiers as low as one dollar per month. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome back everybody to uh, the Nerdcore, uh, where today we have two people on to interview. Uh for the short film extreme which we had a pleasure of getting access to and watching uh lately we've been getting a lot of people to talk and bring on about uh just short films and creatives that uh, are sharing their pieces of culture to us and i really much appreciate you two for coming on and talking about your uh stuff so thank you again for coming on Uh, thank
0: you thanks for having us (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's great um so i mean how are you guys doing after this whole uh film it was done shooting and i believe is it going in? it's doing its festival circuits right
0: or, yes okay. yes we kind of just wrapped up um oh, okay. we were in a couple festivals in the summer and um we're, we're sort of done with those so. oh
1: cool yeah, normally when when we have people on, there is still going on. They still have a couple, so it, it's nice to hear. Um, so that actually might answer a question that I have for the end, but I'll keep that to the end. Um, but yeah, no. So extreme is a short film that deals with uh, basically the. Would you guys like to give the synopsis uh, since it is yours? Or
2: sure, I, I you know um, I, I'm. It, it deals with the. One aspect of many, um, one aspect of uh, mental health. It, but um, we chose to um, we chose to focus on one aspect and then to manifest it into a story that we felt could be um, relatable from different points of view. Um, mm-hmm. the um, and also to hopefully um, catch people off guard and maybe make them think twice about what they thought they know. You know, true. or what they think they know.
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely. that It, it definitely shows. Uh, I mean, that brings me into the first uh, question that I would have. Uh, so uh, I know this is a drama, right, and the aspect of delusion and stuff. I, I believe I've seen uh, a handful of films that may try to use delusion for suspense or horror, uh, specific like Blunt House stuff where they use these stuff, these things to, to kind of bring fear into the audience. But your guys is more like the actual dramatics and the uh, change from it. And I know you mentioned to bring awareness to like mental health and stuff. So was that kind of what inspired you to create this short film and go into this project? Or is there other like more personal issues, if that's okay to ask? Or was it just like you said, just awareness and the creative freedom to be able to do this?
2: Yeah. I, um, Jacqueline, I'm sure might have her own um, answer to this, but for me, it was just an awareness and it was a creative way to bring the awareness because I think, as I mentioned before, it was just to show a different point of view. And I would like people to not question what they think they know, but to sort of go, I, I never thought of it in that way. And yeah. so to direct them, you know, most of the movie direct them one way, it's almost like a punchline to a joke where you kind of yeah. you know, set them off kilter a little bit and go, Oh, okay. I see where I see what they did. And, and to, to really show um, the spectrum of this particular, you know, this particular uh, disorder that of what is socially acceptable and what isn't and, and mm-hmm. more importantly, why, and uh, to maybe kick off some um, personal um studies you know and to and have the, the the audience might go I'm going to look further into that or something yeah. else that they wouldn't have thought of so definitely yeah uh
1: what about you Jacqueline
0: <laughs> well, I really it's funny because I would say the question you have was perfect for Anne because mm. I just wanted to do like a standard intervention story and then oh. <laughs> Anne had the idea so initially I was like let's write something together because um mm. Ann has been a mentor of mine and she's so creative and cool she's written some other things that are amazing and I'm I've been like begging her daily to like bring them out. Um yeah. but so after reading some of her personal things that she's written um I was like and we have we have to write something together and uh so you know I twisted her arm like hard enough she's like all right what do you you know what are you thinking and I was like well, what about like because we knew we had a very very small budget and it was yes. like a small team so and which was such good advice in the beginning, like what can we do that doesn't require a lot of people doesn't require like many locations, but can be cool and interesting and different or whatever. So I was like, well, what about an intervention story? You know, like mm-hmm. what about like a, a, and I sort of came up with the idea. And really because I had like friends that were actors that wanted to be in stuff. And I was like, well, what about like a brother sister intervention story? Or what about mm-hmm. like two sisters where the, it's an intervention? And then Ann was like, well, what if, what if the intervention was actually of a person that you thought was the one that had it together. And I was like, yes, what Mm. if she's like an alcoholic or what if she's this or that? And all the things we lead you to think. And then Anne was like, but she's actually, and I was Mm -hmm. like, no, I don't love this idea, it's weird. But then (laughs) as we started researching it, we found, which is the goal, you know, like we Anne threw the idea out there, I don't know where she got it, but she was like, what about this? So I started researching it. Cause I was like, okay, I can't just say no. Like I got this lady to like do this with me. Like, I can't be like, no, I think it's weird. So I started researching it and found like so much compassion because the woman you see in the beginning is a woman that all of us think is not only socially acceptable, but like ideal, yeah. like, Oh, you keep your house so clean. Wow. That's amazing. Your house looks amazing. Even though like it's an illness. I mean, she's, Yes. it's OCD. Like she, it is not okay. She moves the, that, that flower arrangement six times. Like she should be able to walk freely in her kitchen not have to touch everything and do, you know, but yeah. to us as a society, it's like, Oh, that's totally cool. Like her house, looks great. You know, like no problems. So um, to answer your question, it started as an intervention story and it was like just your vanilla typical intervention story and Anne threw in this twist. And as we did research, learning more about the twist, we realize that the woman you see in the beginning and the woman you see at the end are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they both are suffering from an illness. They're both uh, reflections of a trauma. Neither are ideally healthy, but one we're okay with, we might even think is good or idealize it. And the other... Mm-hmm we're all disgusted we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to look about it, look, look into it, read it, whatever. So I think, Anne, she had some inspirations from like other movies that she saw that she just always oh, loves like Easter eggs and movies. And like, she loves to plant things and for people to go back at the end and be like, Oh, that and that and that, like, they all mm-hmm. let up show me the end, but I missed mm-hmm. it, you know? So, um, I, as far as like the horror, like the twist, it was more about, um, shocking people into caring yeah. and scaring them
1: yeah i mean it it, it definitely is uh, and i That's love a good way to get, put it, guys, yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> i love that you guys mentioned the whole like just bringing awareness to the mental health because i am very adamant uh and uh try to advocate my best uh on my works or just uh in any platform that i'm able to speak on it um and and not to push it or like Put it down people's throats or anything like that, right? Because not everyone is comfortable speaking about it, and that is their own little situations that they may need to get comfortable with. But like seeing it in a film and done so subtly, where it's like, oh, maybe I could look up into this. It's it's, um, it's just great to see. Um, And of course, it's not always about that. Like uh, Jacqueline said, it's just like I just wanted to do something and intervention stuff. And I I still enjoy that because you still kind of went into that realm of looking in, investigating, kind of doing your research, uh, but still doing something that you also wanted to do and not like forcing yourself to do it. So it's good to hear that you did it like that as well. Um, but uh, another thing I know I read the synopsis and stuff um, as I got the email and like the stuff to actually watch the screener. Um, So I knew there was a sense of delusion in this film. Right. Uh, So I was expecting a twist of sorts, but I wasn't expecting it to be like that once we switch (laughs) scenes. Right. Um, And I think that I kind of figured it had to do with the tightness of the beginning shots of the Quote unquote um, warped reality uh, of um, the person that was dealing with these delusions. And then compared to the end shots, where it's more of the actual reality that she's living in. Um, and I was wondering, did you guys plan those tie shots in post-productions? Because I know, like you said, you were talking while you we are writing it and stuff. Uh, so I was wondering, did you guys have, like, storyboards where you visualize your shots? Or did you guys just kind of collaborate with your uh, director photographer, your cinematographer, um, while on set or, like, before set uh, to just figure out, okay, we want these tight shots, and it'll give that essence of, like, Everything seems neat and and stuff, but there's also this sense of, like, why is it so close? It's kind of offsetting. And then at the end, we reveal, oh, this is the reason why it was so close. And now we have a wider shot of the, like, rooms and um, what she's actually dealing with. Um, So I don't know if you guys had storyboards or if it was just uh, a thing of on set talking to the director of photography or something.
2: Well, no storyboards, but not on set necessarily. But we um the, the DP and Jacqueline and I were on conversations just like this a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And um because they were in Florida and I'm here in Rhode Island even at the time. Mm-hmm. And yes. um so I was so we did this a lot. And we had these conversations and another friend of ours um made the suggestion of extreme shots. And so that mm-hmm. came up. And our DP is um I mean amazingly creative um you can just drop words like that and he will come up with cool ideas um so he would show us his thoughts about a certain you know thing on set but we have we had prior conversations about the extreme shots uh, you know yeah. with regard to that stuff um and as you know you said it was um it could be a little jarring or, or off-putting but i think the other part of it the bonus. Um, Because that's really what it was—was the extreme shot of it. But the bonus um, result was also the hyper-focused behavior of the people of the of the people Mm -hmm. who have this disorder, and they can't see the bigger picture many times, and they just get, like I said, hyper-focused on one aspect of something, and uh, they can't get out of it. And um, in some regard, they they get into a loop, you know. And anyway, that was another, that to me was just a bonus, um, to the, um, a happy accident of our efforts to be extreme
1: shots. (laughs) Now that you mentioned it, I I can go back and see that, uh, just having it extremely focused or her focusing on all the little, uh, positioning and the little small movements. Yeah. But even at the end,
2: if you think about it at the end, without giving all the answers away just yet, because hopefully people are still watching it, the, um, even, that, even the end person is still hyper-focused on certain things because they can't see the bigger picture.
1: Yeah, definitely. So uh, still even that. Comparing it with the end shot as you uh, as you were talking, uh, uh, it, th- those little small stuff, um, it does make a big difference with the, the wider shots that we got from uh, the end. Um, but, I mean, those are basically my two more in-depth questions and uh, i guess i can finish it off with my lesser more relaxed ones which just deals with um firstly the title sequence i haven't seen a title sequence that is done not by graphics <laughs> and so you guys actually did it by hand unless it was graphics in which case your yeah. digital effects were phenomenal <laughs> Um, but it it, it was nice to see that and uh, I was just wondering how how long did you guys take to do the actual shots to get it perfect to say extreme Um, and uh, another thing would be uh, how did you decide on that instead of going with the traditional just uh, graphics That's funny funny.
0: um, RDP had the idea
2: Yep,
1: that's one of his creative things I was just telling you about
2: you kind of say I'm sorry Jacqueline I will let you talk yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I was just really excited about that yeah. one. You know, I think Jacqueline and I talked about it, you know something, not even that, and we just went, "Hey," blah, blah, blah. and then mm-hmm. he went, "What about this magical thing?" And we were both like, "Yeah." But Jacqueline and um, and uh, Britt is his name. They worked on it, so now I'll let you talk.
0: Jacqueline. Um, well, there's a couple cool things that I think are really awesome about it. Um, okay. Well, number one, it was his idea, Ann, and he did. He would run with a lot of the ideas that we have, and even to like tie in the last question. So, Anne. Ann, um has a lot of friends who, like she was producing another movie at the time um, with a close friend of hers. And he kind of gave her, this is her first time out directing. So he was, he looked at it, read the script, gave us some feedback. And um, he sort of said, like, what about this extreme shot idea? And so, mm-hmm. Anne definitely had some plans as far as like, oh, I would love like the phone conversation in the beginning. I would love if you only saw their mouths, but then the sister, you get to see her because this is reality. but then the, the woman, you don't see her because this is what it looks like to her. And we're going to maintain what everything looks like to her until the end. So like, and I don't know if everyone will notice this, but now maybe you'll go back and see, like when, when I opened the door to my sister and the, and they look so beautiful, Mm -hmm. it was because we were switching. So everything to the woman looks so beautiful. So you see the sister throughout, and this is totally Anne like, you see the sister throughout and she sort of looks like maybe she doesn't totally have it together. And then you see at the door and she looks so good. It's that sense of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so the DP, uh, he had the idea of like putting this together. He thought it would be fun to do the uh, initial phone conversation. Cause I think we had it over black, right, Ann? and then we're going to bring the title in just like everyone does. But instead yeah. of doing it over black, he had the idea of what if we had every single item. So those were my hands took us about an hour to do it. Every single item had meaning or value to every person on set. So we asked person on set to give us a few things that were special to them because, and I'm going to get emotional. I've been thinking about That's, that's what it's all about. You know, like these people, the woman is suffering from an illness where everything has value. Everything, even if it looks like trash, like, um, Anne's dog passed away like shortly before we made this film and she sent me some of his fur and I used it. Mm. And so to you, that's like, why does this woman have fur? But it's like, no, this is like, this is like something really important, you know? Um, Britt had his, had a guitar pick that was his grandfather's. He had um, the pocket knife was passed down in his family, like four generations, you know? Like I had a piece of jewelry that was my grandmother's, um, the sister in the movie, Kristen Walsh gave us, um, her grandmother's engagement ring. Like every item was really important. So I felt like, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And that it was, you thought it was different and beautiful, but it was also so special to each one of us. We tried to incorporate like the Chanel bottles were, were they were
2: your mom's or your grandmother's aunt? My mother's is my aunt. Yeah.
0: Yep. Everything was, everything in that extreme title meant something to somebody.
2: Yeah, and that it
0: was a part incredible. of our film, yeah. and yeah, that's that uh, and then like
2: gorgeous. and Jacqueline said, like that's what exactly this is, and so uh, you know an old jar of mayonnaise in someone's house is, has meaning and and a reason yeah. to be there, and that's what that was supposed to represent, and yeah, I know it's its own movie, that whole title thing, it's its it own movie. Is. Yeah, I'm sorry like, about
1: your dog, but uh, at least he live in spirit through that title sequence. Which that's our
2: hope. That was our hope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it definitely
1: was just beautiful. And now that you add yeah. that value to it, yeah. it's like, wow, these guys are, they're going to have something to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the rest of their lives and it really is beautiful and I, and I just love that you, uh, your TV you brought it up because it just adds more value to the film <laughs> um, but I guess one last question before I let you guys uh, head out um, so how long did it take you guys to organize the the items that were at the end so the clutter and mess because i know it's supposed to look like it doesn't have a position but i know being on set that everything technically does have a way to be set up right um so how long did it take you guys to put up and take down
2: like jacqueline
0: (laughs) Um, well so it's funny that you say that because this was Mm -hmm. i think it was one of anne's ideas from the beginning so I don't know if you notice the woman walks in a particular pattern throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So like when she walks to the door to open the door, she zigzags because that's oh. the pattern of the items at the end. So she walks that way because there's no other path to walk.
1: Wow. So not.
0: it took like not even just placing the items specifically, but they had to match the pattern of where she mm-hmm. walks throughout the rest of the movie because when you look back, you'll see she doesn't walk anywhere where there's going to be things later. Yeah. So it took us, we were collecting the items for a mm-hmm. month, maybe more. I remember Anne was like, why don't you just start, don't like tell your friends, like just start taking stuff now. So we started mm-hmm. collecting items like six weeks before, maybe, um, everybody we knew were like, if anybody has anything that they don't want anymore, bring it to <laughs> bring it over oh, or wow. taking it so i would say actually setting it probably took mm-hmm. like eight hours maybe to set yeah, it up
1: I, uh-huh.
0: eight well i kept filling it in filling it in and, and then yeah. and like i think we're good like <laughs>
2: right? yeah because i think and to, to go back to the extreme shots like that was one thing that we weren't going to be doing was this you know kind of you know panning of the room we didn't need to do that because Britt mm-hmm. had these other cool ideas and we felt that when you know when talking to him about it and knowing what we had he was able to you know we don't see beyond the screen right so we just yeah. can imagine what's beyond the screen and so he was able to to pull that off um without giving too much away i also wanted to um to if you're going to go back and look at it again which yeah. i hope you do and see some of yes. the things that we've talked about I want you to notice when Jacqueline has to open up the, um, the cupboard and all of the things fall out. Um, and how and it, it was, uh, just notice that because that's one of those foreshadowing moments, you know, like the path that she took.
1: And oh, so thinking about that
2: history. path and thinking about the setup and everything, every, everything had to be thought all the way through, you know, yeah. so it was, it was a great, um, it was a great experience. Um, you know, first time out doing a lot of these things and, um, You know, I'm glad I didn't have to think about it for a two-hour film.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because
2: that one
0: scene took, like, days. You know, well, it took, like, a day to set up. And then maybe I – well, so I think it took longer to set up because we were so particular about where Mm -hmm. everything was. But taking it down, I mean, the only thing that was hard about taking it down was – so there was a local theater that um, Mm -hmm. was closing. They closed uh, due to COVID. And they had a ton of antique items. And I had just been in a play there. Actually, Anna had the idea, you should ask them if we could borrow some stuff. Because we wanted like things that looked really like vintagey and cool and whatever. Yeah. So the hardest part about taking it down was making sure that items like, like you know, because some of the stuff, we had goodwill, com- or not goodwill, um, Vietnam veterans come pick yeah. up all the items that we didn't want the Monday after the shoot. But we didn't want, like, the theater stuff to, like, go out to track. Oh,
1: okay. So
0: I had to, like, kind of – I was, like, I knew what came from the theater and pulled that, and then everybody, like, cleared out everything else.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I mean it's funny yeah I wanted to I I thought there was going to be like say oh it was only like a week's work but hearing that it's like six weeks together and then like the eight or so hours to put it up and
2: there was so much so many layered things to it Jacqueline's dress she ended Mm -hmm. up buying two of them one for the end I mean one for the most of it one for the end you know when her hair was done when her nails were Mm -hmm. done she was moving that weekend she has two boys and a husband that they were moving Mm -hmm. that weekend it was like oh that you know that time frame and yeah. so there was a lot to it and so gathering all those items took longer because uh, anybody can just go to the dump and get a bunch of crap but we yeah. like Jacqueline said we kind of wanted things to to look like this woman it met ma- they mattered to this woman
1: mm-hmm. it was um, meticulous
2: yeah. yeah in its own way right that's so mm-hmm. two sides of the same coin
0: and we yeah. also did the same idea of planting items that meant things to people. people so all the yeah. items that were in the extreme title were somewhere in in there so yeah. if you go yeah. back you can see them like you I mean you have to know where they are like but they're there you know like mm-hmm. the um, every item is it is planted they're like little easter eggs cool thank yeah. <laughs> you yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I noticed some of them uh, being around, uh, and then I was like, "Oh, that was in the title sequence." Like, mm-hmm. especially the I think the most obvious ones that I noticed, like my first pass around was the uh, Chanel bottles, uh, three yeah. little coming I mean, uh, tea, I believe. Um, so it was it was it, it's just nice to hear all these little easter eggs, and I would definitely uh, go back and see it with my own little list. Okay, like, <laughs> was, yeah, we should do a scavenger
2: hunt for this movie. Just give mm-hmm. people a you know give people a downloadable scavenger hunt. Oh, that'd
1: be form. Fun. <laughs> uh, but now that you mentioned it i mean that's all the questions that i had um uh, i know i said at the beginning the the last one would be uh where can people see this film i know you just said uh you finished the festival run and you guys are winding down um so is there now a space or like can they go somewhere or ask someone for a screener link or see it somewhere online
0: You can go to our website. We don't have it um, open to the public yet. Um, We are still going through, um, we're doing an awards campaign. And Mm -hmm. so we're not leaving it open to the public yet, but um, you can go to our website, which is extremeshortfilm.com and um, submit a request to the pat for the password to watch the screener.
1: Awesome. Uh, Do you guys have any other works that you may want to just speak uh, about quickly? uh or any social medias that you might want people to go check out or was that it (laughs)
0: um we don't have any work we're talking about publicly yet Um, (laughs) i'm still working on it but um, (laughs) you can check out our website we're on all social media platforms so um extreme short film.com and there's a link to our instagram and our facebook and then there's um Links if you go on our Instagram, then there's links to Ian's Instagram account, my Instagram account, Britt McTamanie, our um, DP, his links are on there as well. So
1: awesome i mean again thank you so much for coming and that was the extreme uh cast uh coming on Uh, well cast and (laughs) were uh, part of the crew because you did both yeah in uh, pre-production and actual (laughs) acting uh, which is lovely to see um but yeah thank you again always grateful to have people like you guys come on and just talk so passionately about your work and giving out these little secrets that the public wouldn't normally hear uh so yeah, again, thank you again, and I hope this film can grab uh, some attention after it's more public. Um, and hope to see you guys in the future back on thank here to talk here. more about your work.
0: No, thank <laughs> you so thank much. You thank you. Thank you for your time. Thanks. See ya. Bye.